Welcome to Chatterbox Bearcats, everyone. Chuck and Houdini with you. Final score from Lawrence, Kansas. Number seven, Kansas 74. And the Cincinnati Bearcats 69. Bearcats fall to two and four in the Big 12. Houdini, turnovers in the first half, missed layups throughout, wide open threes that don't go down. This is the Bearcats' identity right now. Scrappy enough to hang around. They don't hit enough shots to close out anyone. I know. It's, we're not doing rocket science here. It's like you got to put the ball in the damn hoop if you want to win. We shot 16% from three. Three of 18, and we lost by five points at Kansas. Turned the ball over like crazy. Um, it's shocking how good this team can be if they can just stop playing so sloppy. It is it's such a fr- – like, I don't remember the last time I've seen a team that was so bizarre – just watching them, I'm like, I don't understand how this is even happening. Like, a lot of the teams that Mick had, it was like, listen, they're just not very good. They're scrappy. They, they do what they can, but they're not very good. They're competing against the – they lost, what, four Big 12 games by a combined of, like, 10 points. Pretty difficult to do. They're all ranked opponents. So the, the ceiling is there. Can we put it together? Can we have, like we were saying, pregame, you know, one guy actually play – more than one guy play well in a single game? So it's, yeah, it's tough, but no moral victories, but I'm, I'm counting this one slightly as a moral victory if we can figure out to put the ball in the damn hoop. Um, I don't know if they turned the ball over because they couldn't handle the environment. I mean, they were going, you know, head-to-head all game. Could have went either way if we made a damn free throw. Or, excuse me, we actually made our free throws a damn three. Um, but I know Fetters is in the chat saying they don't look comfortable running their offense. That That's the absolute truth. We need to figure something out to – I don't know, make it easier on some of our guys. I mean, Aziz catching the ball anywhere besides two feet from the rim is a disaster. Um, so we got to figure something out with that. And yeah, we got to get some type of offensive sets going, something to change up what we've been doing. Because offensively, we have struggled immensely. And it, it's almost insane to look at some of the numbers that we've put up so far. Cats played well in Hunter Dickinson. He only had 10 points in the game, but Furphy, man. 23, had 11 rebounds. He was the best player on the floor. Uh, Furphy was lighting up the Bearcats in this one. Best player for the Bearcats was Dan Skillings. Forget Dr. Jackal, man. It's Dr. Dan and Mr. Hyde right now. You have no idea what you're getting from Dan Skillings on a day-to-day basis. In the game against Oklahoma, he goes for one point. He's the most irrelevant player on the floor. I forgot he was even on the team for spurts of that game. He did so little. There are moments of this game today, and this may be a stretch, maybe a prisoner of the moment, but there were periods today where it seemed like he was NBA talent. I know Billis was mentioning it, uh, that he didn't play organized basketball until ninth grade. Sometimes you could tell. Sometimes he gets a little sloppy in the lane, um, but his athleticism and length when he drives to the rim is is certainly at an NBA level for you know being as young as he is and raw as he is. We just need to have him put it together for a stretch of games and not just one game here one game there the thing is even when Dan's off offensively his rebounding is outrageous I know we were I was looking at some of the what a CBB analytic numbers our offensive rebounding rate defense defensive rebounding rate with skillings on the court is like plus like 30 compared to when he's off the court so he always makes an impact um, but we as we can see we need his offense because we're not getting offense from a lot of people, so we can't afford having skillings with one or four points or something like that. 
Um, and hopefully this is a step in the right direction because this is the biggest game, biggest environment we played in all year, and he looked great. Um, the problem is when they can zero in on skillings, you know, as the offense, the only offensive threat, he's going to struggle, right? And that's what he did in the second half. So we need other guys to step up too. And uh, Seamus, we got to figure that out because he – those open threes that he was missing were brutal. Just a couple of those go in. This game's a completely different ball game. Bearcats need one thing. You know who that is? One guy, not one thing. They need one guy. You know who that is? Who was that? C.J. Frederick? I wasn't going to go that far. I was going to say Tyler Betsy, baby. And for those of you that um, follow the Bearcats closely but aren't on the recruiting trail – Tyler Betsy is the, I think, the second or third best recruit in the modern era behind, like, Jermaine Lawrence and maybe Yancey Gates, uh, maybe Lance Stevenson, rather. But he's up there in that, like, top three recruit of all time. And he's, you know, he's someone that's going to step in right away and be ready to contribute from day one. Um, I know I said the same thing about Rayvon Griffith, but Betsy, different type of player, a little more size, a um, little more uh, ability, it appears, Big body that can step out, stretch the floor, hit some shots. Um, he's going to be a huge welcomed addition next year. But unfortunately, this year is this year. The time is now, and the losses are starting to roll in. Bearcats 2-4 and four in the Big 12. There are opportunities coming up. You have a home game with Central Florida and then a road game with West Virginia. Two games that are very winnable. Are they gimmies? Absolutely not. I wouldn't even say Oklahoma State's a gimme for this Bearcats team. But absolutely winnable games to get you back to 4-4 four and four in position to make a run. What is the biggest thing that this team needs to change? Um, to me, it's figuring out the Bearcats roulette. Because too many times right now, they're trying to get it on red or black, and it's falling on the double zero. It's falling on the double zero. It's not going according to plans. And what I mean by that is... Just no one's stepping up at the same time. We talked about it in the, the, the pregame show. Victor Locken went one of six today. He played not well at all. Seamus Lukosius went one of nine in the game. Wasn't good. Then, meanwhile, you have Dan Skilling step up. He goes six of 14 for the floor. Newman plays well down the stretch with 11 points. Day-Day Thomas was 5-11 from the floor with 11 points. So it's like Victor Locken plays a little bit better. Seamus Lukosius, as you mentioned, hits two of those threes instead of missing all six, and it may be a completely different game. Unfortunately, I think we've had a large enough sample size to realize that this is just who they are. For whatever reason, the roulette wheel keeps spinning, and the ball keeps dropping on the, uh, the green double zero, and everyone loses because they need more than two guys to step up in a given game if this team wants to be really good. Best they've played all season was a game against Georgia Tech. Despite the competition, I think everyone can agree that's the most fluid they looked all season. And it was because one through, what, they play nine guys? One through nine, everyone was contributing in a big way. So I don't know how they're going to do it. This may just be who they are. But make some layups. Get on the same page. Have a couple guys step up at the same time. Please just give me something to cheer about. Yeah, I, I got to give them a little bit of credit today. 18 of 23 from the line. We were the 300th ranked free throw shooting team coming into this. And that's one thing. Maybe Wes actually had him practicing free throws this week, uh, the last couple days at least. 78% will take it. 
I mean, all that being said, with how atrocious they looked on offense and the the three-point percentage number, it's 16%. Jesus. Uh, if they just took care of the ball, 16 turnovers, They had, I think they had 10 in the first half and it was tied. Take care of the ball. If, if we're going to miss every shot, let's try not to, you know, turn the ball over and get them in transition. So I, I still think hopefully time will get this team gelling a little bit more. But we got to figure something out on offense. I wish I was genius enough to come up with it. I'm sure the sound, it looks like Wes is trying literally everything. He's throwing every guy to the damn rotation. We might see a walk on here soon. I don't know. Um, but we, we had our opportunities. It, it, we're not talking about impossible shots to make. We're talking wide open threes, day-day missing dunks. I mean, hell. It was, uh, <laughs> let's work on just three three feet from the rim, just dropping it just drop it in the basket for the love of God for the love of God as dust in the wind plays in the background that's all we are dust in the wind Cincinnati shoots it if they shoot it 45% on contested layups and they're semi-contested it's not like they're you know driving into a pile of bricks and firing up garbage like they're good looks for the most part Locken had a few um who else? Jamil definitely had a few. Skillings had a couple he missed. Newman missed the layup. There was one. Day Day Thomas missed the slam, got the offensive rebound, then followed up with a missed layup. I was pulling my hair out after that. I was like, are you kidding me? Finish around the rim. If this team just finished, you know, 45% to 50% of their layups, they'd be ranked in the top 20, and that is not hyperbole. That is dead serious because they are not shooting above 25% on contested four-footers. They're not. No, you're right, and the, the chat's talking. Um, we got Colton and Myers talking about our bigs, and, and they're not wrong as far as our most of our bigs. Aziz is a zero on offense, which which hurts. Um, Locken is always fading away from the rim. Jamil is like the only guy that just goes directly at the rim most of the time. Unfortunately, he, he loves to move his pivot foot. So he got dinged for a travel today. But we need to be a little bit more aggressive going towards the rim if we're looking at our bigs. Because, yeah, Locken just missing those dinks and dunks. And a lot of them is because he's fading away from the rim. Um, but if you look at, I mean, we Hunter Dickinson had 10 points. If you told me Hunter Dickinson was going for 10 and McCuller was 5 of 17 from the field, I would have thought we won the game. We, we lost by 5 somehow. The two best players were, I mean, pretty much contained the entire game. Dickinson didn't do shit. Um, so, it, it, back to the drawing board, this team's goal, I think, is to get to the tournament. That's totally doable. We're, we're not anywhere far out from the tournament. We just got to win a couple of games, get a rhythm going. That was the toughest stretch of the, the schedule. At least we got that that BYU win was huge. Um, and then that TCU win, if that went the other way, it'd be it'd be dark times as a Cats fan. But we're, we're still in good position, all right? We just got to freaking close the damn game. Our guy Dan Horde said on one of our shows, The Chatter, that Aziz Bandago was a pro and said this before the season began, probably like a week before we had him on for a little preview. He said, Aziz Bandago is a pro. Best finisher in a Bearcats uniform I've ever seen. That includes Kenyon Martin. May not be wrong about that. I mean, Aziz can flush it down. Do not get me wrong. Offensively, though, there were a couple lobs to him where he caught it four or five feet away from the basket. There was one where it looked like, you know, first grade YMCA, where you just grab the ball and start running with it. And it's like, no, you got to, you got to dribble. You know, you're, you're yelling to the five-year-olds out on the floor. You got to dribble. Come on. Come on. You're five. 
That's what Aziz looked like at times. Uh, there was the half-court shot at the end of the half, which was hysterical. He, he shot-put that thing back to Clifton through an absolute laser beam. Um, there were just a few bloopers that I jotted down in this game. Yeah, decapitated someone with that laser heave. Um, turnovers left and right. Defensively, I thought he was going to be better defensively. And I know he can block a lot of shots, but the weak side rebounding has been a struggle for him at times. I will say, one thing that Aziz brings to the table that I love and I have to give him a lot of credit for is everything in his sight when he you know, doesn't go for the block, miss it, and someone gets the weak side rebound. But when he you know, is boxing out down low, he grabs everything. He's got good hands, man. He's, he's not weak with the ball. So give him credit there. This is a good rebounding team that grabbed 39 compared to Kansas's 28. That's why Cincinnati was in the game. Cincinnati just went on the road and manhandled Kansas. Now, I know they lost. Manhandled clearly means a different um, means something different in this example, and it means that they won by 11 on the glass. But, yeah, um, that's why they were in this game. That's who this team is. Pretty good defensively, really good rebounding team. If they make some shots, they could be dangerous, but they're not a good shooting team. It's as simple as that. And they do have someone that's sitting on the bench with a hamstring injury that can come in and really give this team a jolt shooting-wise. Will it be a big enough jolt? Who knows? But again, I think Cats fans have been down and out long enough to where we just want to make the tournament, give ourselves a chance, and really have some positive momentum going into next year where Betsy and McKinley are out of the fold and Rayvon Griffith is out of the fold. And you really lose no one. You lose... um, who do they lose after this year? They lose Odie. They lose. Newman. It was one other guy, right? Newman. Newman and John Odie. Newman. Yeah. Yep. John Newman and uh, the Aziz. I love Aziz. Like I think Aziz just affects the offense so much, just with his ability, his potential to block shots that a lot of teams we saw TCU could not figure it out, just throwing terrible layups at the rim. So I, I like Aziz, but yeah, I was expecting a little bit more because when he was when he played us last year in the NIT, I was like, this guy can do it all. Like he was all over the damn place. Now it, I still I know like uh, Keeneland Dan was going nuts, Cronin's brother going nuts about Aziz on Twitter the other day. Like this guy sucks, and people were throwing stats at him that they're actually better when he's on the floor. Um, so I, hopefully we can kind of figure out where to where to hide him on offense a little bit better. The one, the one possession where he had he had already turned it over in the corners because he had the ball. He just launched it to somebody else, and then he somehow got the ball back. And I, for a split second, thought he was Kevin Durant and tried to do a fadeaway on Dickinson from like 12 feet out and got rejected right back to him. I'm like, what in the hell is going on over here? Aziz, he's up, brother. Like my goodness. So it was, uh, it's it's a lot of these guys. It's a roller coaster, man. Like Aziz, Day Day, all the you're like, holy hell, what is going on? Skillings, CMOS. It's like you don't know what you're getting any given game. So it's it's been entertaining, I guess, but frustrating as hell. It's Bearcats roulette. That ball keeps landing on the damn double zero. Cincinnati shot it very poorly. Thirty nine percent for the floor. Three of eighteen from deep. That's sixteen percent. Better from the charity stripe, as you mentioned, 18 to 23 for a total of 78%. They turned it over 16 times, 10 of those coming in the first half. But again, it's Bearcats roulette. Unfortunately, no three players 
step up at the exact same time, and I do not know if that is changing. One way to help it change is more flow within the offense, I would say. There was a play at some point. I didn't jot it down, but I do remember it. It was a design play maybe after a timeout or just off an inbounds play where the Bearcats hustled up the floor, they got it down baseline to someone, and then immediately got it down low to lock in, and within three seconds he, you know, caught it back to the basket, turned around, had a little hook shot. That's what they need to do, man. They need to get the ball up the floor um, and score in transition, which they haven't done a great job of despite playing very fast. Too many times in transition they try to make the extra pass and turn it over. Go up strong. Have you noticed this? A complete sidebar. Have the Bearcats had like one offensive foul in transition this entire season? Like that's something that has always driven me crazy is transition charges. When we're going up for the dunk or, you know, fast break and one and they call it the other way. I haven't seen it yet this year. Are you saying have I seen UC commit an offensive charge or the other team? Like UC. UC. I mean, both. I mean, do you want us to commit offensive charges? Is that what you're saying? Do no, you I don't. I just I haven't together? seen it. I haven't seen it. Over the I years, you Skilling's see it nonstop. One. I think Skilling's had one like a, like six games ago. It, it seems like a thing Skilling's would do because he'll just – if he sees four guys back there, he'll just go right to the rim. I don't hate it. If we're shooting 12% from three, I'd rather have Skilling's just doing a circus layup. So, yeah, to get the ball in transition – Clearly, our half-court offense is a massive struggle as we watched for literally the 20 full minutes of the second half. It was brutal. Yeah, I'm looking for answers off the bench. Josh Reed, no points in the game. Josh Reed dribbling the ball just seems like a liability. I mean, that thing's getting ready to go over his head at any second. Um, Does not have handles. Reminds me a lot of Jermaine Lawrence or Jermaine Sanders, rather, for that reason. Um, Just kind of a 3 and D hustle sort of player, but not someone that you expect is going to turn a corner and put up any sort of points this year. Jizzle could be that guy. Um, played pretty well today, eight points, but did have the three turnovers. Jameel, seems like there are some moments where he could take over down low, but like you said, the pivot foot doesn't finish enough around the basket. Um, some sloppy play here and there. Did have one turnover in the game. And then uh, Skillings, he seems to be your go-to guy. Newman has some moments where he can score the basketball, but doesn't really create, you know, does it um, in transition with a lot of finishes, off turnovers, that sort of thing. Was 0 of 1 shooting the three ball today. And then uh, Locken, 1 of 6. If he's not scoring, where do you go with the basketball? Simas is probably the, uh, the best guy on the entire team at creating for others and for, you know, creating decent looks for himself. I know Jay Billis said that he had a hard time getting off looks in the game. Second half, absolutely. But of those nine shots he took, I thought six or seven of them were pretty clean looks that a 36% three-point shooter should knock down pretty consistently and not miss all six. I don't know about you. I I didn't think he was firing up four shots. No, I I thought he got great looks. And then, I, like I said, his confidence just went in the shitter after he missed the first few of them, and then it was just all He missed two in a row in a span of five seconds, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, It, it was tough sledding, man. It, it was a brutal game for him. The, the thing is, like I was saying in the, the group chat, is like you can't play CMOS. The problem is he's our best three-point shooter statistically, minus, you know, like I think Josh Reed might be shooting 40% because he shoots like three every three weeks. Um, you kind of have to play him 
And obviously in this game, maybe pull him earlier because he missed eight in a row. But the problem is he's our best three-point shooter. Where else are we going? We need somebody to knock down shots. The one lineup that I could see him maybe flirting with would be Jizzle and Dede at the same time. I know he's probably doesn't love the idea of being that small up front, but that's the one thing I haven't seen serious minutes at is those two playing together. And they're both kind of semi-creators, Day-Day, obviously. Jizzle was bullying people for a couple moments of the game. So that's the one thing that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, Jizzle, Day-Day, Newman, Skillings, and and then your five with locking down low is the lineup that I, I agree. I think they should flirt with it. I don't see why not. Because the two big lineup, we've seen what they can do. At moments, they look pretty good defensively. And Bandego grabs rebounds like crazy. He had 11 in the game to go along with his six points, but he turned it over four times, and the offense gets a little it's, – it's, it stalls, right? It stalls when both those guys are on the floor. Not nearly as much movement as when you have the four guards in there, which I don't think we've seen nearly enough. But, I mean, what do you do? We're not coaching here. West pulls the strings. He makes the decisions. And it's been pretty clear for the majority of the year – that this is how he wants to play with two bigs down low. And it's led to a 2-4 and four record in the Big 12. With that being said, the report card on the Bearcats' first six games in the Big 12 Conference, we talked about how before this slate began, it was the hardest stretch in history, at least for the Bearcats. And I don't think that's wrong. Hardest six-game stretch in team history. We said 2-4 and four would be pretty decent. They went 2-4. and four. They looked competitive in all six games instead of some blowouts sprinkled in there. I would have hoped they protected their home floor better and not lost, you know, two or three. But aside from that, there's not too many complaints. Bearcats are on the rise. They're coming. I'll say it again. Tyler Betsy, folks, watch this guy's highlight tape. Tyler Betsy can play. This team's on the rise. They're only going to get better. But, again, um, down the stretch, not enough scoring. Not enough playmakers. Spin the roulette wheel to who's going to step up. And unfortunately, you're not going to have multiple guys at the same time because they just don't have that sort of offensive talent. That's my takeaway. Relax. Relax, Chuck. We lost to Kansas at Kansas by five. Okay? I'm not I'm not claiming the season's over and we'll never be able to figure this out. Still a long season ahead of us. Putting right, words in my mouth, Houdini. Bro. Putting words in my mouth. All I'm going to say is you've been waiting to pop champagne You're since bared. the Xavier game, and yeah. we still have not had that moment to pop it. Told you you should have done it for TCU. I get it. It was a weeknight. However, you had it on ice tonight, and you were going to pop it, so that's a cop-out. But um, you got to start winning some of these games, man. There's no moral victories. I think they've shown us enough to where we expect this team to win some games and make the NCAA tournament. Um, we did not expect them to beat Kansas, but when you lose home games to Oklahoma and Texas, sometimes you got to sneak one out on the road, especially, like you mentioned, when the other team's best two players combine for what? The caller ended up having 20, I believe, but he was 5-17. Yeah, he was 5-17. It was a quiet 20. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He, 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 we did it exactly what we needed to do on him. But Trace was right. Hunter, uh, Hunter Dickinson was in foul trouble, and we never capitalized. Um, uh, for whatever reason, we were missing bunnies in the paint. Obviously, I, I think our best offense when we get stagnant like that might be getting the ball down, even though Victor Locken wasn't doing it. Him or Jameel to throw up, you know, because Jameel could battle with these guys, and Victor was battling too. Um, 
unfortunately he yeah he plays a little soft at the rim but we yeah we got to figure out something with this offense because it is uh it is quite disgusting to watch and yeah that champagne might expire at some point i need to pop it so can we get a damn win here soon a ranked win on the road i shit i should have popped it for byu yeah well we're not popping it well you couldn't have popped it for byu because you were in fort wayne indiana in an uber but um, you're not going to be popping it for UCF. You're not going to be popping it for West Virginia. That's Cincinnati's next two games. No such thing as a must win at this point in the season. But, um, yeah, it's a must win. Central Florida at home is a must win. Cincinnati loses that game. It's goodbye NCAA tournament most likely. And I know it's tough to say that seven games in when you have another six or seven ranked opponents on the schedule. And UCF wouldn't even be that bad of a loss. But you start schedule hunting. You go down. And look at some of these teams they're playing. And how do you find those eight wins? Because that's the number that could get you in. Nine, I think, for sure gets you in in the best conference in history, I think. But um, you look. You can't lose to UCF at home. Simple as that. UCF at home, there's three potentially. At West Virginia, there's potentially four. Then you got at Texas Tech. Then you have Houston at home. Then you have Iowa State. Maybe you can sneak one out against the Cyclones. Then at UCF. Then it's Oklahoma State at home. There could potentially be six at TCU, at Houston, Kansas State at home, maybe seven. Then at Oklahoma, West Virginia at home, maybe that West Virginia game is eight. And that at Oklahoma game, they could sneak one out or uh, win one of those home games against either, you know, Houston or um, one of the better teams that come to Fifth Third Arena. But in order to get to that eight or nine that I just mentioned, I accounted for two wins, UCF and West Virginia you got to at least get one, and that one has to be the home win against Central Florida. You got to protect your home floor. Uh, three losses in their last four at Fifth Third Arena would be devastating. It would be unlike the Bearcats, and I think Wes Miller is going to have them ready to play. But uh, who knows at this point, man? It's been a very tough season to predict. Dan Skillings goes for one point one game. The next game, he looks like the best player on the floor for the first half. So that's just uh, life with the Cincinnati Bearcats. In 2023-2024, it's a roller coaster ride, man. It's a lot like the Son of Beast, you know? It's fun, but at the end of it, you're going to have a massive headache, and you're kind of going to hate the experience as a whole. That's how I feel. Yeah, Wes, I didn't I didn't get the gold pass to Kings Island. I was trying to watch basketball games, and that's not what I'm getting right now. It's uh, it's It's been... Uh, Listen, like I said, I, I think uh, we see a lot of good things, and we could uh, seasons in front of us. We get these next two, we're in great shape, man. We're in great shape, and I love this song too. Beautiful. Plenty of time for the Bearcats. You're my boy, Blue. Chatterbox Bearcats. Unfortunately, Houdini not popping the champagne. His number seven Kansas holds off the Bearcats, 74-69. But once again, Bearcats cover. Bearcats are competitive. Cats are on the rise, folks. But one of these days, um, let's get some W's. UCF up next. That game is on Saturday. Tips off at 7 p.m. Eastern time at Fifth Third Arena. It's the last night game at Fifth Third Arena of the season. So enjoy that. Houdini, I know you had uh, courtside seats for the last game as a big J. You got your media credential. What are the chances we see you patrolling the sidelines on Saturday at 7? Saturday, I will actually be in Louisville, Kentucky. I'll be um, scouting out uh, Kenny Payne in the uh, Louisville Cardinals to see if we can nice. get any offensive, you know, sets from him yeah. at one o'clock, and then I'll be I'll be doing the show remotely. So I will not be 
I will not be uh, courtside. So hopefully they forgot who I was. They, they may or may not have banned me from returning. So will maybe see me in a couple weeks back at Fifth Third Arena the next home game after that. Enjoy the night, everyone. Go Bearcats.